morning. Good morning, everybody. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with Scott Smith. This is where we take all of your questions. So if you're not already watching on Facebook, make sure you head over there and that's where we can take some of your questions. And uh, as we give people a chance to submit some of those, uh, just wanted to start out with, we, we have more award news and I love this. I feel like every week we get to do this. It's just a weekly party now to see which NFC awards guys are going to get. So tell us about our latest one. Yeah, this show is well-timed for that. I mean, we, we always are talking about how we don't get the injury report until after the show on Wednesday, but this is right after we get to announce these player of the week. So uh, it's been happening all year. Like you said, this time it's Ryan Suckup, the kicker. Um, he is the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week after he made four field goals on four tries, plus his one extra point try in the two-point win over the Giants. We obviously needed every single one of those kicks. And from I wasn't there, but from the people that came back, said it was a very, very cold and windy night. And the wind was hard to deal with. Yeah, I think you saw a little bit of that on the punts. So the fact that he was drilling those kicks, they were all around 40. They were all between 37 and 43 yards. And Bruce Arians says that Ryan has just become pretty automatic in that range. They feel good when they got him in the range. So in the last four, four weeks, Ryan's made all 23 of his kicks between uh, field goals and extra points. And those extra points are now like 33-yard field goals. So he's really in a groove right now. Let's knock on wood, hope that he stays in it. Um, but this, it, we've won four of these Player of the Week awards now, which is the most we've had since 2008. And this is the first time since 2003 that we've had at least one player win each of the three types. So Tom Brady's won it for offense, and Shaq and Devin have won it for defense, and now we got Ryan Suckup. That's awesome. I love it. And I'm, I'm glad he's getting some kudos. I feel like kickers tend to only get uh, mentioned if they do something wrong. So I always enjoy when we can uh, shout them out a little bit. Well, I'll tell you this, Casey, another reason that we're winning more of these than we have in a while is we're winning. You know, you don't win a lot of player of the week awards when you lose. Very, think about Shaq Barrett last year against the Giants had four sacks. And if Matt Gay makes the game winning field goal at the end, He's almost certainly going to be the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, but he wasn't. So you, mo you most of the time have to win in order to get these awards. And so that's been a big part of it as well. Yeah. And I mean, Coach has talked about we've had several close games. We've had a lot of games that he said that maybe last year we wouldn't have won or in just in years past, you know, players that have been with the Bucks for several years have said that. And I mean, one of the factors, not the only factor, but one of the factors is like he said, we needed every field goal. And his consistency can, can be the difference in some of those games. So I'm um, glad to see that he's been doing great. He's a great guy. We're very excited for that award. Um, and, of course, today is the first day that we will get to see Antonio Brown practicing with the team. He has been in the facility and getting to do some things in, as far as the weight room and meetings, things like that. But this will be the first day he is out there at practice. So uh, what are you going to be looking for? What, we, you know, what can we maybe learn over these next few days of, of practice and just what you think he's going to potentially mean to this wide receiver room? Well, today's practice is probably, I think it's just going to be a walkthrough because it is a short week and they're still recovering from the Monday game. Generally, you just do a walkthrough on Wednesday, sort of a slower version of your install. Um, so, you know, given the fact that at this time of the year, the parts of the practice that are open to the, to the press and, you know, even if I watched the rest of practice, I couldn't say anything about what happened after that. And uh, we're not really going to know, nor does the team really want anybody to know what sort of packages and, and personal groupings they have planned for Antonio Brown. Um, I do think just from the trends of the last couple weeks uh, that we're going to see more three and four receiver sets. Almost all of our four wide snaps on the season have come in the last two weeks in, in the Giants. 66% of our, our snaps were either three or four wide. And when you have and add Antonio Brown to Mike Evans and when he's healthy, Chris Godwin, uh, Scotty Miller, 
you can Tyler Johnson, you can run, you can flood the field with some pretty good receiver sets. That's going to make it hard for opposing defenses to decide who to pay the most attention to. So um, Bruce Arian said, it'll depend on how well the offense is doing as a whole, how much Antonio Brown will play. He said could be 10 snaps, could be 35 snaps. It almost certainly won't be 60 snaps right off the bat. So I think they ease him in a little bit, but if the game is going well, he gets more playing time. Okay. And uh, just overall, I think what, what do you feel like Bruce has said about the wide receiver group and, and what he has thought about them in terms of what he, what he likes, what they've been wanting more of? Just what is our impression at this point of that group when I think it's been a little hard for us to evaluate with so many injuries? Yeah, the best part, uh, the best thing, most encouraging thing that Bruce had to say about any of the receivers yesterday was that last week he really felt like Mike Evans kind of turned the corner with that injured ankle he's been playing through. And I don't think we're all aware of, how hurt he was and he never missed a game I think gradually he's been a little bit better each week but last week Bruce said it was the first time he really looked like he was close to 100 percent and was able to make those really sharp cuts on routes and so um, we could be the second half of the season we might see a much more we might see a Mike Evans a lot more like the Mike Evans that we've come to be used to and of course part of the problem has been he's been drawing tons of double teams and that's why you saw him in the slot on about 28 snaps in his last game in these three and four receiver sets. It's an attempt to get him away from that and make it harder for the opposition to either double team him or keep their top corner on him. So you'll probably see more of that as well. But that was really encouraging about Mike. The guy we don't know about yet because we don't have an injury report yet is Chris Godwin. He's missed one game with the fractured finger. I know they were hoping he'd come back for this one, but we just don't know yet. Okay. All right. We uh, have some questions here on Facebook. Sean asked, uh, who, mid-season predictions, who do you think is closer to the award, Tom Brady to MVP or Devin White to Defensive Player of the Year? Tom Brady to MVP. Um, I would say he's probably in the top four, along with uh, – they're all quarterbacks, along with Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Uh I'd say it's those, if you took those four against the field, you'd have a pretty good chance of winning it. I, you know, Devin White, he's making a good case with all the sacks and that's what he's going to need uh, because you really got to have those kind of big totals to win that award. It often goes to either a pass rusher who gets, you know, 15 sacks or last year, like last year, a cornerback or defensive back who racks up a lot of interceptions and passes defense. So Devin's going to need, um, He's going to need a lot more, and he's, he's on the way. I mean, five sacks in the last three games is great. He's going to need a lot more of that, especially when you could make the argument that Levante David is the team's defensive MVP. You know, I, I think you can make that argument. You could make it for Devin as well, but uh, is he even the most valuable player on our own defense right now? It's good to have that argument, obviously. Yeah, it's a good problem to have when we're when we're asking that. Um, okay, we had both Shanija and Richard and some other people asking about um, Antoine Winfield Jr. and just how impressed you've been with his play, including especially that two point conversion defense. Yeah, it's just it's just another example of, you know, when they say he's playing like a veteran, a lot of that has to do with just his recognition that like he's not making rookie mistakes. He's figuring things out like he's been in the NFL for a long time. And just think about that play. How many times have you seen that play where the running back releases and runs that little flat route on near around, around the goal line? It works all the time. It's very hard to defend. And, um, it, you know, even though it's a play that every team runs, it works a lot. So for him to diagnose that and get out there uh, was big. And, you know, he, got, he, he threw the arm out at the right time. Uh, I'm glad that they – 
that cooler heads prevailed among the refs and, and one told the other one that, no, I had a real good look at that. That was a clean play. So we'd be, we'd be pretty bummed right now if, uh, if they hadn't picked that flag up. And I know the Giants were bummed. And, and if we were on the other side, we'd probably be biased in that direction as well. Yeah, I think whichever team you're rooting for is how you saw that play going for sure. Looks clean to me. Yeah, exactly. But we're not biased or anything. We have we have no reason to care about that. Uh, Daniel had asked, um, considering Tristan Wirfs was the fourth tackle taken and Antoine Winfield was the third pick of the safeties, would you say they constitute as steals in the draft now considering how well they've been playing? Well, I think, I don't know if I'd use the word steals, but certainly home runs, if we want to do baseball analogies, uh, you know, a guy taking 13th overall is supposed to be pretty good, you know. <laughs> so, and a lot of people really liked Antoine Winfield. I, I do think that's a valid point. He, Looking back on now, if you were choosing safeties, wouldn't you take him first, given what he's done so far? Of course, we are only half a season into all these players' careers, so let's not assume we've got the best one, even though it looks like it right now. Um, I know the Bucks wouldn't trade him for anybody that went before him. I, I think just the fact that they hit really on both those guys when they were in crowded groups of blue chip prospects says a lot about the scouting. Now you could also say that of the big four tackles, Tristan Wirfs was the only one left when we picked, but we traded up to make sure that we got him. And I, they were really, they really coveted that guy. And, and, you know, you've seen amongst those four guys, I think Tristan Wirfs has drawn the buzz for playing the best so far. So again, it's early in their careers, but I would say they're both home runs. Okay. And uh, I like this question. Kyle asked, do you think the routes we saw Mickens running are what AB will potentially be running? Well, uh, possibly. And that's actually what I was thinking during the game. That's exactly what I was thinking during the game. Uh, but then um, Bruce Arians said afterwards that he was basically playing the Chris Godwin role. So, uh, you know, maybe it was a little bit of both. Uh, I could see, I could see a four receiver set with, Scotty and and um, and uh, Antonio Brown on the outside because both those guys play a lot more on the outside than in the slot and then Mike and, and Chris in the slot and that could be pretty great but uh, according to Bruce it was more of a Chris Godwin role so I'd take his word for it over mine. Yeah and David was asking about the effect of Antonio Brown on Mike Evans and this is something that I've been really intrigued to see does his addition help Mike because we've just heard over and over again from Bruce that Mike just keeps getting doubled and that's why he's not getting the ball as much or does he hurt Mike by just taking catches away in general that it's another person, you know, another mouth to feed essentially. So I want to hear your thoughts on the way that Antonio Brown's addition could potentially affect Mike Evans production. Yeah. I tend in these situations to uh, agree with the old saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. You know, if the offense is just better, then you're going to have more plays. You're going to have more opportunities. And like you said, uh, more guys that worry the defense makes it harder to pay so much attention to Mike Evans. That's exactly what Bruce Arians said he expects to happen. Um, that's the most likely thing. I mean, you can't ignore the fact that if, if Antonio Brown becomes a, a big part of the offense and is catching five or six balls a game, those are coming right out of somebody's numbers. I mean, they could add on, but in general, yeah, it's going to take away, but I think it's going to be more across the board kind of thing. Not like a, a zero sum game with Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, but I would answer the question in another way altogether. And that is, it helps Mike unequivocally, assuming it works out, because what Mike cares about, especially this year, is getting to the playoffs, you know, and, and hopefully doing some damage in the playoffs. I know, we all know he cares about that more than his numbers, especially now with all that he's already accomplished. So if Antonio Brown adding to the offense helps the Buccaneers make the playoffs, then Mike will consider it a win no matter what the numbers are. Yeah, I think that's really important to, to mention is how unselfish this wide receiver room is. 
and the fact that Mike, when you do see him show frustration, it's just about if things aren't going well for the team or if he feels like he messed up. It's not out of a selfish idea. He is one of the most competitive people on the planet. And it is out of that, of that desire to win, to desire to play well, not out of a, I want the ball kind of a thing that you typically think. So I, I think that's something that just is really important for fans to understand is this, this group of wide receivers really is so unselfish. It is unbelievable, especially in a position that stereotypically that is not always uh, how people view them. So yeah, I've always thought that was pretty impressive. All right. Chris asked, uh, do you see Fournette getting more reps or do you think the carry load will still be split between him and Rojo? And also where has Keyshawn Vaughn been? Well, to, to start at the end there, I just don't think that, that there's opportunities right now for Keyshawn now that Leonard Fournette is healthy again. I mean, maybe if the running game had been more effective, like in at the end of uh, the, the win over Green Bay, because we were running a lot and it had been effective, uh, Keyshawn got a bunch of carries in the fourth quarter and ended up with 42 yards. If we'd have pulled away in that game against the Giants and been running the ball all in the fourth quarter, there might have been some chances for Keyshawn. But right now, with them wanting to get the ball to both Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, there's just not really enough to go around. I mean, LaShawn McCoy hasn't even played a snap in the last two games. So uh, I think they, I think they'll still continue to split it. I think Ronald Jones will still start this week. Uh, It's just one, it's a hot hand. And two, I think you have to avoid big mistakes. You know, I, I don't know if it's a coincidence that Ronald Jones didn't play a whole lot more in the first half after his fumble. You know, I mean, he did come back in. They didn't, I don't think he's in the doghouse or anything like that. He started the second half and he ended up with seven carries to 15 for, for Leonard Fournette. So um, I I know they, I know they still want to split the workload, especially on the ground. I think Fournette's kind of overtaken that pass catching role. Although Ronald had a few catches in that game. So um, it's just, it's a hot hand thing, I think probably. Yeah. It was interesting. I actually talked to Bruce about that, play on uh the for the radio show yesterday and it was interesting because he really didn't he he really said he didn't blame rojo all that much for yeah, right okay. yeah and i and i thought it was interesting because i think it really was just a timing coincidence that that and was he when he started that yeah that that one that that was when he was going to be putting Fournette in oh, anyway but it right. made it look like he was almost punishing rojo of like okay now you did that you're going to sit over here for a while but the way he talked about that play and not really thinking that it was this you know, he didn't really blame Rojo for that and he talked about how Rojo is not a he's not a fumble risk he's not you know all these things that um I think it really to your point was just a splitting the workload and it was not a doghouse moment the way that I think some people interpreted it as yeah but I also said at the beginning of that that I didn't think it was a coincidence and now you're telling me it definitely was a coincidence so I'm I know glad to get that information I know it's tough I, I mean I I think that um who knows, maybe there was that, that sped it up a little bit, <laughs> but, but no, it didn't sound like quite as much of that. So good. Yeah. I, well, good. I don't think he deserves to be in the doghouse. I think he's. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for being with us and we'll see you next week. Bye.